What's up, guys? Get ready for the recap on the 24-hour treadmill race with me, Chili, Brooke, and Blake. I think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. There's a lot of good stuff in here. Uh, this episode is brought to you by our hydration partner, Hoist. All right? Uh, I drank Hoist for the duration of this 24-hour race. And I've never put it through that type of test before, just haven't had the opportunity to. And I want to tell you that, truthfully, it performed flawlessly. Uh, it kept me hydrated. It was easy on my stomach, didn't cause any issues. It tasted good the entire time, and it kept me going, which is something to be said, man. Uh, a lot of products that are out there, hydration supplements, if you drink them for that long, under that amount of stress, it will cause your stomach to blow up. That was not my experience with Hoist uh, on this past race, this treadmill race. So uh, just took it to the next level, got to test it on a whole new level, and um, it performed exactly as I expected it to. Hoist has everything that you need to keep your body going for a long, long time. I can say that with confidence. Uh, and not to mention they are an awesome company. They've been an awesome partner. They contribute to 307 Project, first responders, and the military in multiple tangible ways that we have seen. Um, and they don't always advertise it, but they do it, uh, which means a lot to us. So if you run, if you hike, if you swim, if you get outside, you sweat, you work, get you some dang hoist, man, and you're going to feel better at the end of the day than you would drinking freaking some crap Gatorade. Thank you, Hoist. Check them out at drinkhoist.com. Here you go. Everybody's mic's working. Check. Blake just set all this stuff up for us earlier today. All right, we live on here. Hey, well, I got a little buzzing coming through my daggone I hear it too. man. Who is it? Um... Don't let that set you off again. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys, welcome back. Whether you're watching us here live on YouTube right now or you're joining us on the 3 of 7 podcast, we appreciate you guys being here tonight. We're going yes. to... We appreciate you guys being here tonight. We're whoa, going whoa. to... Yeah, you got to turn that off, Biscuit. Oh, I We're going to uh, go over the... Uh, 24-hour treadmill race that most of you guys hopefully joined us on. And uh, we're going to talk about highs and lows. We're going to talk about what we're doing for recovery right now. That'll be a pretty short conversation. <laughs> we're gonna uh, and we're gonna answer a bunch of questions uh, toward the end. All right. Most of our questions today are going to come from our Patreon members. Uh, if you guys don't know, there's a whole community that supports 307 Project on a platform called Patreon. These individuals choose to contribute twenty five, ten, or five dollars a month. And what you might not know is. The reason that we're able to do things like this 24-hour treadmill race and we're able to put all this together, uh, afford the equipment, set aside the time, it, a lot of that is because people support us on Patreon, all right? So we've got about 270 people over there on Patreon and uh, it just frees us up. It allows us to do what we do. It allows us to make these things happen. So I posted on there today and they sent in a bunch of solid questions. So we're going to get on those toward the end of the conversation. I want to start off by thanking all you guys that joined on 
the live stream, and most especially all you guys that were able to donate during the live stream. It was absolutely unbelievable. We ended up raising $249,999.99. Good job. Uh, we were literally one cent away from me having to shave my beard off. but uh, the, And we're going to get more into that here in a minute. But I want to thank you guys that, that, did, that were able to contribute. I hate saying the word when I talk about this event. We raised... 249000 When I say we, I mean all of us collectively. Every one of you guys that were watching, uh, Chili and I that were running, Blake, James Ward uh, that, were, that were hosting, all, and we had multiple other hosts on. Um, Brooke was a big part of hosting the show. Uh, I had Cornbread there as my crew, Chief. Chili had his dad, Jeff. There were tons of people David. that went into supporting this thing. And David, yeah, David flew all the way out from San Diego to be there with us um, and to tell us about VIP. And it was just unbelievable to see the community. I never realized that we had such a community um, on YouTube. So I want to just start off by thanking everybody that was involved because I, I me, and Chili on the treadmills were just, obviously it became very apparent very quickly. We were just a little bitty piece of this puzzle, right? Um, and Blake setting up all the tech stuff and making that happen. That was a big learning curve, guys. I don't know if y'all understand this, but we're just a couple of dudes living in the mountains in Northwest Georgia. Uh, we, we nobody, None of us went to school to learn how to use this equipment. We, we figured this crap out on the fly out of necessity, um, so Blake's come a long ways with that. So I want to thank all you guys. We talked about how much money we raised and, uh, total miles. A lot of you guys are asking about that and we're going to dig into here in a little while. If where me and how me and Chili feel about the miles that we accumulated in over the course of that 24 hour race, but total miles ended up being 87 miles for me, Chad and 64.97 miles for Chili. So that was total miles. So, um, yeah, pretty much crushed crushed you on that one, brother. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty disappointed in you for not <laughs> for not giving me way more crap for that. Well, it's I mean, I told you before the race whether it was on camera or not or both that I that you couldn't beat me at that, and you you didn't just beat me you. You really, you really rub my nuts in the dirt. So, you know, I mean, I, come on, man. I, you know, the truth of the matter is, and I think Blake can attest to this. I, I legitimately thought that you were going to beat me. Did Blake didn't I? Yeah, I legitimately thought that you were going to beat me. I knew there was a chance for that you were going that you would blow up because there's always a chance for any runner at any yeah. level to blow up during an ultra distance race 24 hour race so i knew that there was a chance that that was going to happen but i didn't foresee it happening the way it happened and we'll get in more into the details of that here in a minute what's up biscuit hey we got biscuit on all y'all know biscuit you good all right so toward the end toward the end of the i, I say toward the end like five we had like five or six hours left to run during the actual event a lot of you guys were coming through on the chat 
and you guys were asking us questions about how we were going to recover from this race. And the reason that we weren't answering those questions, guys, is I, I want you to understand when you're doing something that's difficult, you cannot think about the end. You, you can't think about what you're going to do after. You, can't, you, you cannot let that stuff creep into your head, all right? We, me and Chili, have done this long enough to know that. About the furthest I thought was uh, 10 minutes, 10 minutes ahead. That was the furthest I ever thought during this entire event. Literally, sometimes I was only thinking one minute, all right? As you guys know, I ran that 6-4, running 6, walking 4, from 11 p.m. to the very end. And so I was a slave to these 10-minute chunks of time. And when you guys were asking me these questions about what we were going to do afterwards, look, that's not something that, that I can let creep into my mind. And that's a lesson for you guys when you're going through something hard. The harder it gets the smaller you have to break it down. You can't think about the end of a thing. You have to think about what you have to do in order to stay in the fight, sometimes just for one more minute, sometimes just for 10 more seconds, all right? The harder it gets, the smaller you have to break it down. But we'll talk about recovery real quick. We'll hit that, and then we'll go into the body of the race. I want to make this statement. Chili, you can back me up on this if you want. A lot of you guys asking about recovery... You're asking that question because there are so many things out there. There are so many products. There are so many, uh, uh, you know, tools and, and all this stuff that, that are, are supposed to help you recover. I want to explain something to you. It is of my opinion, and I'm very firm on this opinion, that about 80% of anything out there that is claiming it's going to help you recover, whether it's a supplement or some sort of little roller thing or some sort of mat or some freaking Normatec boots or whatever it may be, about 80% of everything that you see is a scam. It is absolute bull crap, all right? There's a whole industry that's been built around helping recover athletes recover and the truth of the matter is your body is designed to do extremely hard things and then immediately repair itself using just the regular nutrients that you put into your body via regular food that and sleep all right that's really all it takes so I'll tell you what I did the day after the race I sat in my daggone chair and propped my feet up. I ate a bunch of eggs and bacon in the morning. I ate a big smoothie for lunch. I ate a ribeye steak and rice and cheese for dinner. And I just sat there all day. And that's all I did. Don't forget the ice cream. And I ate ice cream too. And if I had to sleep, I went and got some sleep. And I didn't set an alarm in the morning. I just slept as long as my body needed to sleep. All right? I've done about the same dang thing today. I ate when I was hungry. I slept when I was tired. I didn't set an alarm this morning. The only thing I did different today is I went and sat in the sauna for a few minutes just to clear my mind, mm. and then I took about a 10-minute walk, and that's about it. I don't use any supplements, any tools, any of that. Your body has what it needs 
to do everything it needs to recover. What do you say, Chili? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely back you up on on at least most of that and, and the, the, the principle that your body has what it needs to recover on its own. And a lot of the tools out there are, are scams, and a lot of the tools out there may may do some of what they say they're going to do, but it the actual effect of it is cheating your own body out of that chance to truly adapt and to truly do what it's supposed to do. So it actually teaches your body that it doesn't have to use those recovery mechanisms that it was designed to use, uh, which I think is a really negative thing if you want to ever replicate a big effort again because the more you do, the more your body doesn't know how to respond to it, and then negative things can only come from that. Uh, I do think that that principle mainly applies to recovery from just general training stress, where it's it's a stress that you can adapt from, and I think that's a little less true for a hu- uh, for a big effort, you know, a twenty four hour run or, or whatever the case may be, because I think that that goes beyond a a productive amount of stress and kind of is, is too excessive. Um, like to, to actually get a benefit from I'm saying, um, so, so then you could, you could use some of those tools, but I still think that it's, it's unnecessary and, and, and doesn't, doesn't allow your body to do what it's designed to do. So how I would, the, the, the way that I recover differently from just normal training is, and, and a big effort like this is I do the same things just in different proportions. I slept for 16 hours. <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, whenever I went to sleep, uh, after the event that, that afternoon, I literally slept for, I think 15 hours, which I never do that. Right. That's almost double what I normally do. Well, I, I needed about double the amount of sleep. And then the next night slept for about 10 hours. I ate, ate more, more food, uh, ate, ate more of the nutrients that I thought I needed and, and wanted and, uh, got a little, uh, blood flow, got a little blood circulation movement by, by walking around and, and trying to move my body and, and testing things and, and, and stuff like that. But, but Packing nothing orders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. If you want a giveaway, it should be in the mail. So, at least, at least the ones that I had to take care of. So, um, yeah, just that kind of thing. Just, just move around and, you know, I don't like to, after a big race like this, I don't like to lay around a bunch if I'm not sleeping. Uh, I like to sleep uh, excessively, a ton. But then whenever I'm up, I want to be up and getting my blood moving again because if I just sleep for 15 hours and then lay down the rest of the nine – I think I think you're never getting that blood moving and and oxygenated and and changing over and and that's a lot of where the recovery actually happens. So the recovery happens to to maximize recovery. You got to sleep a lot, but then while you're awake, movement is actually light movement is actually the best way to utilize that time. Yep. Uh, so that's that's how I do it. It's basically the exact same thing I do to recover from a normal training run. It's just different proportions more more of what i do normally. i like that so that's recovery guys it's really really simple 
Like the arch on my left foot is swollen and red and hot. But guess what? I just need to, it, it will heal. Yeah. It will the, heal. The answer to how do you recover is, is uh, weight. Yeah. It's time. I mean, that, that, that's ultimately the, the, the answer. There's, <laughs> the, the, you want to speed things up, I get it. And, and maybe you can, like, like if something, you know, if your muscle is twitching or something and whatever, I mean, yeah, sit there and massage it with your hand. I mean, whatever. But like all these different tools and modalities are just useless. I'm in complete agreement. I know uh, Biscuit's not, but um, we'll move on from recovery now. <laughs> I want to talk about highs and lows during the event, all right? And I'd love to hear from you on this, Biscuit. What was your, what was your, if you want to say low or your maybe anxiety or, or, um, Whatever it may be, and then what was like a a really the highest point of the event for you? You're saying like for me personally, or watching you guys and just the the energy of the whole event. However, you want to answer it. I thought I thought one of the coolest parts of the 24 hour thing with us all being together was the changes in energy throughout that time. It was like when we first started, there was a ton of people there and you guys were both really fresh and being funny and loud and interacting a bunch. And then we just had these, these just waves of energy where, you know, throughout the night, there was a few times it got kind of quiet. I mean, I don't know that my favorite part was the beginning, the first like four or five hours. Really? When, yeah, when you guys, y'all were just being funny. Like y'all were just full of energy and y'all had a, y'all had a crowd of people behind us. Like there was a ton of people there. Yeah. And you know how you get when there's a lot of people around, you just turn into a showman. So you were cracking jokes and talking about where you met Chili for the first time on OnlyFans and. That's one hundred percent true. Of course, you. Of course, you like that. That portion. was that was my favorite part. No, the end. The end was my favorite part, though. But was the beginning or the end your favorite part? I think. <laughs> what the crap? I think. I think. Mm, I don't know. I'm. I'm not. Just so the viewers know, I'm not going to win here. I was taking a ration of crap before we went live, and anything I say during this, I'm going to get made fun of. I like turtles. So y'all go ahead. Everybody just get it out. Go ahead. You know, I think the beginning was my favorite part, but the end was my favorite part. Uh, it's hard. <laughs> I quit. Well, I'll move on from that. Um, a big, a big low point for me was you guys don't know this, but at about thirty miles. When I was about 30 miles in, so this would have been probably right around dark, sometime around there. Uh, these treadmills, all right, I don't care what true form says. I don't care what their science says. I don't care what any of that crap says. Um, that treadmill does not put you in a natural running position, all right? 
Thank there, you. There, there is nothing natural about running on a true form Gosh, treadmill. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, like there, I, they they created all their own science saying that that puts you in a natural running position. Um, it is a very unnatural running position. All right, because of the curvature of the actual platform, it takes only common sense for you to think. Do you ever run on ground that curves like that? No, you don't. All right, and so because of the curvature of that, it was really uh, taxing on my calves and hamstrings. The back of that knee. Yes, the back of my knee. So right where my calf attached to my my, my knee on the back side. Okay, around thirty miles on both legs, that point where my calf attaches became so painful and inflamed that it was nearly unbearable and um, I didn't know what was going to happen it literally got so bad that I began to think that that part of my calf was actually going to tear away it was that it hurt that bad so a lot of those trips that I was making to the bathroom during that time were not to use the bathroom I would go into the bathroom and I would lay down on my back on the floor of that bathroom and put my feet up on a chair. And the reason I was doing that is because that was early on enough. At this point, Chili was still walking on his unit, on his treadmill, as fast as I was running. And I didn't want him to know that I was in any pain, all right, because I knew he would see that, and I don't like to show that, right? I didn't even want you guys to know that I was in that type of pain. I obviously wasn't going to talk about it, but if I would have took those breaks right in front of Chili and the camera uh, and propped my feet up and laid on my back, now this was these breaks were only a minute or two long, but it was long enough to relax that muscle where it was being strained significantly. Um, that was probably the low point for me, that uh, I, I didn't know if I was ever going to recover from that. And I didn't know if I was going to have a literally a debilitating issue because here's the thing, going into this race, we told you guys on these, on these types of treadmills that we were running on, we didn't know if it was, we didn't know how this platform was going to affect our bodies. So we didn't know if you could run that sort of distance or time on these units. So the whole time, we're just breaking new ground. We're just discovering how this surface is affecting our body in a unique way. And so here's a a place where I'm like, okay, this is affecting my body extremely negatively. And holy crap, I've got to run for 16 more hours. And so that was a real low point for me when that flared up because the pain became nearly unbearable. Um, I came back in after one of those breaks around, this would have been probably around the 12-hour mark. No, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, maybe 10 or 12 hours. And I took some naproxen. And when I took that naproxen, it cut down on the inflammation on that muscle where it was flared up. Cheater. And it never came back. <laughs> it never came back. Now, if I, w- if I wouldn't have done that, yeah, who knows? That The muscle may have torn. 
I don't know, but it cut down enough on the inflammation inflammation that that pain never came back, and that was just a huge low for me that early on, laying on my back on a dirty bathroom floor, knowing I got to run for freaking 12 more hours, 15, 14 more hours, whatever it was. Um, that can get to your head, man. That can get to your head. I didn't let it get to my head, but it tries to creep its way in, all right? Um. High point for me was from 8 a.m. to noon. 8 a.m. to noon. There was a, at 7 a.m., I took a 18 minute nap. All right. A 20 minute nap for me is perfect. I don't know why I did 18 minutes. I guess so I'd have two minutes to wake up, rub my eyes, and get back on the treadmill. But I took that 20-minute nap at 7. I got back up. You know, we were right there close to that 8 o'clock hour. I knew I only had four hours left to go. All right? And I broke every hour down into six 10-minute segments. And so I knew I could manage four hours. And that was the the highlight of the... uh, For me, physically... That was the highlight of my race was that last four hours. And then um, the energy was back up. People were back in. Mm-hmm. We had guests back in. You, the, the, uh, the, viewers, the viewer count was going up. The donations were going up. Um, but even in, in those four hours, I, I, was, I was working, man. Like I remember one time Brooke and David, they were asking me, hey, Fire the viewers up. Yeah. Like, get, give them something. And I look back at the camera and I said, look, I'm going to keep running until the end of this thing. And that's going to be my contribution. So some of you guys said, like, the old bull never showed, never had to show up and I made this look easy and all this. No, it wasn't easy. I can promise you it was not easy. All right. Something well, to you, Chili. Well, running 87 miles wasn't easy, but maybe running the, the 65 you needed might have been easy. But, uh, no, the highs and lows, I mean, I didn't uh, – I, I just don't even think of it in those terms. Like, I didn't really experience – I feel like it was more consistent, more even than just feeling highs and lows. I mean, I think we talked about that during the event, that that's the way ultras go. You, you There's highs and lows, but, I mean, I don't even have – a high that sticks out or a low that sticks out. I mean, the whole thing was a high in a way of just how awesome it was and and how, how cool it was. I mean, you know, obviously what was so cool when one of the most generous people in the world, Jesse and Sarah, you know, donated 80,000 at the end and you see that quarter million dollar number basically hit. And obviously that's a high and everything, but I mean, the first 5,000 was so cool. Yeah. I mean, it was like, we just donate 5,000 in an hour. Yeah. And then 50,000, you know, each milestone. So, I mean, I don't think one, there, there was really a, a high I can think of. I mean. Well, how, I'm interested on like, I, I know that there, that it, it wasn't a significant impact to you, but it had to like, I know you were never thought about quitting, obviously. I know that for a fact. And anybody, any of y'all that 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 ever it ever crossed your mind that Chili was going to quit, 
you just you don't know that you don't know who Chili is. All right. So it was never a doubt in my mind that he wasn't going to keep ponying up on that treadmill. But there was a there had to have been a distinct moment where you 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 had the realization that unless something drastically changed, you weren't going to be able you couldn't run. Oh. And then you just it, it was a walk. I mean, it was a it was a walk. Yeah, um, to call it a run is a little bit disrespectful on my part. I yeah, mean, so I mean that was that not driving you crazy, man? That you couldn't run? Well, I mean, in a well, I I don't even remember the 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 time increments of everything, and and when I say that wasn't a low either, there I mean there really wasn't a low. Like I I had went in to this with a mind frame or whatever you want to call it of I'm gonna go as far as I can and every and I get a little crazy I think of thinking how can I want every decision that I make I'm gonna do my best I'll probably fail but I want every decision I make to be in my best effort to maximize the amount of mileage I run so every time I get off this treadmill because you're not accumulating miles when you're off of it but I want it to be productive. I want that to actually be meaning that if I had stayed on it, it would have caused me to actually not run as far as I would if I get off, do what I need to do, and then get back on. So that was why, you know, I was doing everything I was doing. Um, and, and, and then you just have to face things as they come, right? So I, uh, I, I got off more than I wanted to because I had to go to the bathroom and take a crap a lot. I mean, that, you know, I wouldn't have gotten off those times, but once that happens, it's like, okay, I could stay on this and crap my pants. Well, that's not going to maximize the amount of mileage I can run. I got to get off again and get off again. So every decision, you know, and, and that's, you know, when things aren't clicking away like you'd hope they are, that obviously is not thrilling. Uh, so, that, so that's not a high point. But no, I just, I, I truly didn't, it, it, it just never, nothing really got, got low. I mean, I was just like, I'm going to take in everything that happens, take things as they come, and whatever it is, I'm not going to look at it as negative or positive. I'm just going to try to respond to it in the way that's going to maximize mileage. So I, f I think my first failure was, was, uh, my failure to prepare in the best way that I could have for the actual race, right? I mean, I should have got on true form. I don't have access to one, you know, around me, but I should have got on true form treadmills more. I mean, I, I, I've ran on like, like twice in my life. I mean, I should have got on it for an hour and got on it for or two hours, you know, d done training runs for it. Um, I should have, ran more miles leading up to, I mean, I, f I failed in preparation for the event. So, you know, a lot of people, that's kind of what I was alluding to during the live stream, but I'll rehash it here because many people probably didn't, didn't see it. And I'm not trying to be long winded, but, uh, a lot of people like to take pride in saying, well, man, I didn't even train for this hundred mile race. I just showed up and I still ran it in sub 24 or sub whatever. And it's like, well, that's well, good on you. But what if you had prepared? You may you may have done way better. See, a lot of people they look at things like I gave my best, 
I, I gave my I gave everything I had for this, and they're talking about what they did during the event. But what did you do in the weeks leading up to it? That was still you. That was still that was still all encompassing for this event that you were about to do. Doing your best doesn't mean going hard on the day of something. It means spending every day of your life working towards it and, and making decisions, eating right, training properly. So you didn't you didn't give everything you have if you sat on your butt for weeks leading up to an event and then just ran really hard the day of. You didn't give everything you have. You you, you tried to work hard that day, but you didn't give everything you have. So so I failed in that way. My second failure was when things started to go bad, I made some bad decisions. I did I didn't I didn't uh I don't think I made the right calls on how to best maximize the rest of my day. I, I mean, right off the bat, I ran too far up front, like too hard. I went out too fast. Yeah. And I knew it was too fast pretty quick. I mean, 30 minutes, and but I just, I just kept doing it. Like, <laughs> I was like, I shouldn't be doing this, but I did it anyway. And then I, I remember, too, thinking, I have to be – I need to, to – uh, move around and 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 figure out how to use different muscles and 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 like just really spread this out spread yeah. this fatigue out and I I didn't do it I just didn't do it enough it was it was difficult to do that on those I was about to say you didn't have many options yeah the, the, those true form treadmills it's funny you said that earlier about them I, I went on a rant before I fell asleep in the car with my dad driving home saying <laughs> Freaking true form treadmills, it pisses me off they're called that. They should be called one form treadmill because no matter how you run or what your natural form is, if you get on that thing, it locks you into how it wants you to run and yeah. you have no other choice. And it wasn't how I run. Yeah. So it, I did not like uh, having to, you know, be be confined to, a, to that, how it wanted me to run, which ain't freaking true form. It's some bull crap that they came up with. So, so, so yeah, I, I, I failed. I mean, I totally failed in, 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 in spreading those around. And, and like you said, it was hard, but I, I should have figured something out. And, and that's why I started getting off so much on top of going to the bathroom. Like just get off and do something. I mean, just do something. I mean, yeah. Give those muscles that you've been pounding. That's exact same muscles, pounding them the, in the exact same way. Yeah for hours and hours and hours again. Yeah, yeah, I mean just just do something because I I quickly realized, I mean like I said I don't know time frames here, but I really I think it was early. I mean, within 3 hours. I was like I I am not figuring I am not figuring out how to change the muscles and it's literally getting to the point where they're not functioning the same. And, and what in the crap am I going to do if the only muscles that I'm even able to use <laughs> don't work? So I, and like I said, what I was trying was getting off, go sit in the chair, go, go, go sit a certain way, walk on the treadmill. But I, one time I tried to run faster. I remember that. For, for I mean, 10 seconds. Yeah. Like that wasn't impa- it truly wasn't impatience. I was just trying for I didn't even get my heart rate up. It was so short. Just trying to see if that like changed the muscles. And when I did, 
it just it it didn't even do anything. It it just it was using the same ones, same muscles. Yeah. It was the you're same just, ones. You're just using them harder. I was just using them harder, and yeah. I was like, well, this is going to raise my heart rate, so so this isn't going to work. And then you try to run slower, and it's like it's it's the same ones, and and then it got to the point where I was running, and it was slower than I could walk because it changed it enough to walk with that big stride. Problem is, it was still the same muscles, but like. I just found myself in that place. So I was like, well, that's what I'm going to do. I was like, I don't, I do not want to do this. This, you know, it's like, it's like when you get to a big hill in a, in a mountain ultra, I don't like to ever not be running, but at a certain point I'm not, I'm, I set my pride aside and go, it would be really advantageous for me to power hike this versus run it. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I don't give a crap. Cause you're going to do it at the same speed, basically. Exactly. So minus point one miles per hour. So so yeah. same thing with the, the the walking on this. I was like, well, screw screw it. I'm gonna, I, you know. And then at first, I was really pleased with it. It was faster than I could even run. Um, so, so so yeah. I mean that 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 that's what I tried to do, and and it it was amazing how early that was too. I mean, five hours in, and just already like throwing everything at it just last resort stuff i was like good grief <laughs> i mean boy that's early i mean that is never i've never been that last ditch effort like like resorted to last ditch efforts that early in an ultra i mean never never yeah like <laughs> i haven't either i mean the the the, the, the percentage would be like Six miles into a 50K, just being wrecked. That's not good. I mean, so, so yeah, I mean, I just, I had to spend a long time trying to, but I mean, that, that, that's what I did. I mean, I spent the rest of the time just still trying to, to come up with anything. And, you know, uh, multiple times I was like, well, maybe, maybe because I've done this for long enough, like I'll be able to run faster than I could walk, you know, and then you do it or whatever. And, and I mean, it's like the, the way that that stride, the, 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 the muscles that it took that stride to operate just, I mean, I, I was, I was, like I said, I had to go into manual, you know? So yeah, you had to drop it into granny gear. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think, so that covered the first two failures. I'll thirdly, and to keep this, it's not been succinct, but, as succinct as possible. Lastly, my third failure was just breaking the golden rule of, well, not ultra running, just anything of don't ever be, be a puss. And I mean, I, I always think no matter what race I've ever done, that's, that's what I think. I mean, I, I can, I don't think I, you know, I, I was, I was good enough. I think I failed on 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 maximizing how much I could go. So I think I failed a lot and that that's that's the result you get, you know, when you when you when you fail that much. So I mean, not happy with it. Uh you know, and I'm I'm glad that the the event was so much more than just what either one of us did. Mm-hmm. But it still doesn't change the fact that we 
were do, we were running and we were trying to do something and we we had personal goals to you know to to try to do the best we could and so when you fail those even all the well we we had to stay on the treadmills well yeah <laughs> well of course yeah but i mean it just you know it's disappointing you know to not to not hit them or not even get close yeah i mean of course it is like it's because i care you know if i didn't care it wouldn't be disappointing but i mean i i did care and you know i failed too many times to 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 even get close so well, that, that was one of the questions that Doug Moore sent in on Patreon. He asked, um, and even I talked to Jesse Itzler the day after, and and everybody, I think including us, in the beginning, we thought that this whole event was, was going to be based around the race. Yeah. Right? That's the attitude we all went into it with because we had no clue what you guys were going to show up and do. Like, you guys... We, we had no expectations for what people were going to contribute in terms of donations to VIP because we had never done anything like this before, and YouTube is pretty new to us. And so we went into it thinking, okay, this is about the race. This is about Chad and Chili competing against each other, and we know we're going to have people, so we're going to take donations, but we have no expectations around that. Well, it very, very quickly uh, became like holy crap! No, this this ain't this 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 ain't about Chad and Chili and who wins. And you know, I would have normally been giving you Chili much more crap. Well, you still should for your performance. But I was so overwhelmed with gratitude and the whole energy of the race became, it, it re- became, it got to a point where it was revolving around the mission to help people at VIP No Rehab. And that's what it became. And, and even like some of my biggest highlight hours, one of my biggest ones was at 3 a.m., and 3 a.m. is usually a bad hour for me. But when you guys came up with the challenge for Chili to take his sunglasses off, mm-hmm. and and we raised $7,000. In, in 30 minutes. In 30 minutes at 3, 3 a.m. For yeah. Chili to take his sunglasses off for one minute. That's insane. And um, <laughs> it was like that. And then, too, the, whole, the gospel aspect of it. Another one of my favorite hours was from a la- uh, hour 11... Huh. Uh, 11 p.m. to 12 uh, at night. It was uh, James Cordell got up on the mic, and I think Dave, I think it was James and David were hosting at that point, and um, the gospel was preached, and and uh, my testimony was shared uh, by by James Cordell with his perspective of it, and and um, you know we had some serious conversations, we had some serious talks. One of my favorite hours was when Jeff. Uh, Jeff Holloway got on the mic and we talked about how much it matters, the work that Jeff's doing in the community and, and those those deep conversations and then and then just seeing like, wow. Uh, you know, peop, there, there's a lot of conversation going on right now around a recession, right? And, and I want to tell you guys, man, you're being duped by the media 
you're being duped into believing a false reality. Um, because the way that we just saw people from all over the nation and all over the world, for that matter, contribute to this cause, um, uh, just just tells me that that people are still in the mix, man. They're still ready to 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 answer the call, to step into the breach, to give, to contribute, uh, to be a to be a part of of things that matter. All right, and 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 a lot of your 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 way of thinking. If you didn't see this event go down. You're being duped into thinking that the world is a way that it's not really. That's not reality. We got to see the reality of what the world actually is during this 24-hour time span, and and it all of a sudden took a a, a whole a whole new life that was completely different than we anticipated it to be, um, and we just flowed right into that. And Doug. You asked this question, and the answer is we didn't plan it this way, dude. We planned it to revolve around me and Chili racing one another. Well, that was the plan. I will say, from my perspective, that the idea was started that way. But as soon as you as you told me that you you know you had talked to David about making it a fundraiser. It, it totally shifted. I mean, because I honestly thought it was a good idea to do the race, but I didn't actually really that badly want to do it. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. But then I was like, okay, well, not only do I want to do it now, we have to do it. Now, now I agree with you. So, so us personally, yeah. like that was our driving force behind it. But I'm saying the race was going to be the foundation of why people were there tuning yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. We we thought it was going to be the band yeah. and who's going to win. And, yeah. and by the end of this thing, nobody freaking cared. No. Nobody that was watching this thing by the end cared who won. Like, nobody. Well, you guys, I mean, I would have never pictured. I thought it was going to be like what you said. You guys would be kind of intense and we would have to fill in a lot talking because you guys probably wouldn't want to talk because y'all would be racing. And then we end up singing, people are paying to have you guys stop on the treadmill and sing Christmas carols. Like it was yeah. not, it was not, like you said, it changed. It was not about the race anymore. It was about fun and like just and raising money. I've talked to so many people that said, that were watching this and they said, I don't understand why, but I couldn't stop watching it. It was a, <laughs> like a vortex. And I, I couldn't get, I couldn't stop watching it. Like I was, uh, I had people say I was up at midnight laying in bed with my iPhone PJ and my headphones on. And my wife's like, why, why are you ever going to go to sleep? And he's like, no, I can't stop watching this. And that's why it's because in reality, if it would have been two freaking goofballs, skid marks running on a treadmill, that would have got old. But the viewers and the love and the contribution and the generosity. And that was what created the vortex. That's why you couldn't stop watching it. It's because where, when else do you get that? You, you don't, I, I mean, it's hard to find that, uh, that environment in, in day-to-day life, man. And 
It's also fine. Hard to find you singing Christmas carols with a Santa hat on. Yeah, it doesn't happen. That will never probably ever no. happen again. No, it probably will never happen again. You're right. And that, I mean, that's a great lead in. And a, a couple of people ask about the, the piece of tape that I reversed around on my treadmill there at the very end and was written on that for those who can't. All right. For those who can't. And I want you guys to understand something. Um, you you can take mantras and you can take your why and you can take all this stuff and you can get real corny with it. Uh, that That's not my intention for that, all right? So no matter how good your mantra is or no matter how good your why is or no matter how, how, what your, how good your reason is, right? If you haven't put in the work to be able to roger up when it gets freaking hard like it don't freaking it don't it don't matter it don't matter right but for me i knew i could roger up when it got hard right and this was just a reminder for me of why we were doing this event and i taped it on my treadmill and it's because well, I got my brother David sitting right there in front of me. And David can't run. And I've told you guys time and time again, man. A lot of the reason why I push, why I run, why I go out and, and do things that I do is simply because I I have the, the capability to do them. Like the just the very ability to do something like run, you, 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 you and me and, and all of us, we take that for granted. I mean, we take that for granted. I mean, if just imagine as a mother or a father or, or, a, or an aunt or an uncle, you being out with your children and you not being able to get up and run and play with them in that way, right? Running around. Like, it's a gift to be able to run. And I wanted to remind myself that it was, it was a gift for me that day to be able to run for 24 hours, even though it hurt, right? And so for me, that was my thing, man. I like to have a little thing every time I go and race um, that reminds me of something to be thankful for. Right, some because there's a lot of people out there right now that can't do the simple things we call them simple things like running. They can't freaking do it, man. And, and I and then I watch all these fat freaking hogs walking around out here that just they they, they literally that you they've eaten themselves to dang near half to death. And to me, it's just like spitting on the face of everybody who can't freaking, who doesn't have a, 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 a physically whole capability or body. Like, it's your responsibility to be in shape and utilize the gifts that you have been given day to day to day. Like, it's your obligation. At, at least I feel like it's mine. So that's what that piece of tape was all about. All right. It, 
it's good to have a reminder sometimes, a freaking sanity check of all the crap that you and me and all of us, all the really, you know, really seemingly mundane things that we take for granted. There's somebody sitting right, there's somebody right now sitting in, 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 a, in a clinic somewhere getting chemo. Right, and they feel like crap, and they—they're not gonna be able to do any. They can't do anything. They can't even function because they're sick, man. And so you—you're gonna—you're gonna keep eating at freaking Bojangles mm. and just making a mess of your freaking life. That's the ultimate example of a freaking turd, man. That's what that was all about for me. Because I'm the same way, man. I take things for granted too. But I do understand that it's my responsibility to utilize what God has, the abilities God has given me to the, to the maximum potential during the time that he has given me. I loved too, like David was so open. Oh, oh, quite a few times he opened up the chat um, during the event too for people to ask him anything about what it's like to be in a wheelchair. And some of the things he talked about, like you talk about taking things for granted, that was eye-opening for me, and it stuck with me. Like he was talking something simple about like reaching something up high on the shelf at the grocery store. Yeah. Like, or he was at our house, and I was like, he can't reach the uh, the shower head to pull it down. I mean, like there's, you just you just don't think about stuff like that, and I thought it was really cool that he was willing to share a lot of that stuff with thousands of people. Yeah. It helps you gain that perspective when you hear it from somebody you can see, you know? Yep. I agree. I want to dig into these questions from Patreon. These will lead to some other conversations for you guys, and then we'll wrap it up. So a few of these are directed straight to you, Chili. Bernie from Patreon asked, um, do you have any lasting injuries or issues from that run? No. Like I any mean, lingering? No, I'm good. I mean, just, just got to keep recovering, you know? The politician. Yeah, so. He, he ain't going to tell you guys if he's injured. I, I just Do y'all know, Chili? I'm good. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I, I knew. Look, guys, there is a point when you're doing the these types of events super long endurance events where you you have the conscious realization that you are harming your body it's your body's own self-preservation mechanism there's an alarm that goes off in your brain that says hey you're harming your body right now all right you hit that point I hit it anyways even on the 24 hour race I, there was a distinct moment where an alarm went off that said, you are hurting yourself, okay? You have to train to be able to get to that point and then walk the line between actually going over the edge and, and having a debilitating injury and just keeping going at a pace that you know isn't going to push you over that edge, all right? But yes, me and Chili were hurting ourselves. There was nothing healthy about what we were doing, and we both knew it. But we've trained enough to know 
how to mitigate things to the point that we can get through these events without having lasting injuries unless there's a catastrophic accident, okay, which could happen at any time. So that's the way that works. Well, I mean, it, it, it also comes down to to how much you, you care about causing <laughs> lasting damage. Like, I, I mean, if, that, if, that, if I was going to cause lasting damage, I didn't really... Honestly, I didn't even consider that. That didn't even come in my mind. I mean, there's, like you said, there's probably some brain chemistry thing that like was sending signals to my body that were alarm signals. But what I truly was able to focus on for the entirety of that event was what can I do to maximize how far I can go, which sounds... But maximizing how far you can go means, means not, not going over the edge to where your body shuts down. Well, sure. It's like it, it, whenever whenever it gets to the point where truly your muscles aren't working to the point where running is faster than walking, then you freaking walk and, and, and you stride a certain way and then, oh, that's not working. I mean, th- that was every decision and it devolved to the point where I was going a half a mile an hour, which I mean is unbelievable. <laughs> I said before this started... I literally, if you told me, if you asked me how far could you run slash move on broken glass in 24 hours, I would have said, well, surely 65 miles. And, <laughs> and that's how, I didn't even get that on this true form treadmill. So, I mean, it's not good, but that's, that's what I was trying to do. So, Well, it leads into our next question, actually. this TJ asked, and we kind of already addressed this, is it harder to get miles on the true form than the track or the trail? Yes. For for me, yes. Unless I am just really uh, confused about my own physical ability, yes, it is much harder to get miles on the true form treadmill than it is on the track or trail. But we run on track or trail all the time, right? So maybe if you ran on the true form all the time, maybe then it would flip-flop, right? But uh, the the other question Aaron Brown asks is right along this lines, are you happy with your mileage? Look, no, we're never happy with our mileage. Look, what you don't what a lot of people don't understand is you actually never push yourself as hard as you, as you can possibly go. Anytime you finish an a effort, you, you should always look back on that effort and you should always be able to identify times, places, and things where you could have ran faster or done something different in order to speed yourself up or to have put out a better performance. If you ever actually pushed as hard as you could physically go, you would die or collapse. You you don't you you never reach that point. You don't even come close to it. Like you don't you don't even get you don't even get near it. Nobody does. It's it's the body self-preservation mecha- mechanism. The only time you might would get near it would be in combat or if your if your child was being attacked or something like that, right? And your your hormones just completely flooded you out and took over. Um, but no, ne- neither Chili or I, or I are are ever happy, completely happy and satisfied with our performance, which is what drives us. That is what drives us. Now, can can you be proud that you did something hard? Yeah, but 
but being being proud of yourself that you did something hard is different than being satisfied with your effort. The moment that you're satisfied with your effort, you're going to stop getting better. That's just the truth. Yeah, I can only speak for myself as far as, far as that goes, uh, but I, uh, I I remember the most pit, probably the most ticked off my mom and dad have, have ever been at me about my running career is on the drive home from the uh, the first hundred mile race that I won. Uh, whenever they they asked me something and we were talking about something and I was like, I know I should have went faster and and I started talking about this point in the race and everything and they both cut me off and were like, you sound like a freaking idiot, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like. Well, I, I'm just telling you, and and I mean, I, I think it is hard for people to understand, but but I don't I don't try to have that mindset. I mean, that's just the way I'm wired. I and and I think it lends itself to to getting continually getting better. Uh, like Chad alluded to, I truly believe if you're if you're actually satisfied with with the way something went, actual satisfaction would mean there is no need. To improve it, which which a lot of people do, I think they get to that point. But you're never going to get better. So so if you actually are satisfied with something, you better acknowledge that you're never going to get get any better from that point on. And if you're cool with that, well then yep. pro- proceed. But <laughs> that's the way it is. So so no, if I had ran 150 miles on this, I would. You would have been able to look back and find a point where you could have ran a little faster for some amount of time or you could have been more efficient. And whether whether it's it's .1 miles or 10 miles that I left on the table, I'm still pissed. Yep. John Radick and James Leggett both asked about the same question. Was this challenge easier or more difficult given the setup um, with the live interaction element, uh, the freaking blinding fluorescent lights mm-hmm. the the constant interaction was it more challenging or or was it easier uh my answer simple answer it was more challenging it was more it, every every when you're out running a regular endurance event especially if you're running out front you can just shut your mind down you don't have to say anything to anybody all right, every word that you speak, every thought that you formulate in your mind, uh, every interaction that you have is is taking a small amount of energy from your actual ability to perform. That's just the reality of it. it that's what it's doing. It's detracting from what you could put into running. So this was the engagement aspect of it made it more difficult for me just in terms of I had to utilize a portion of my energy to monitor what Brooke was saying on the live stream to make sure she wasn't going to kick us, get us kicked off YouTube Stop. or to answer a question or, or something like that versus if I was running a normal race. I don't talk to people when I'm racing. I'm not a runner that, that's going to go out. If, if it's race day, I'm not going to have a conversation with you on the trail during the race. No, I'm not talking to you. Focusing every amount of energy I can on the task at hand. So for me, for me, that element of it made it more difficult. What about you, Chili? Um, 
I don't know that I would say it's more or less challenging. It was just different. I mean, I, I've raced accumulative my whole life, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of, of race time. I mean, I, that's that's true. It's kind of funny. Uh, I've never really thought of it that way, but it's it's piled up to hundreds and hundreds of hours and like probably mi- well, no, it would be it would be several hours total, but but a very small percentage of that time has actually been spent even remotely close to any other runner. I mean, and I'm not saying because I was that far ahead, but that's just the way races are. You get isolated. I mean, it has nothing to do with being ahead or behind or whatever. It's just you're isolated on the on the trail most of the time, no matter what speed you're running. For some people, that would be harder. For some people, that for, but for Chili and I, the way we're wired, that that is yeah. where we thrive most. So, so you know, this was just so different because you're right there exposed you know everything like like chad talks about you couldn't you couldn't hide well i mean he you know he talked about going in the bathroom i mean maybe other people didn't catch it but like if if you i mean of course i knew his i mean i couldn't tell you oh his big toes hurting or his calf or whatever but like when he gets off the track i mean there's just certain minute details that people don't pay attention to that i was like well okay i mean i know that but i didn't need the hope I, i didn't need like to think Chad had a chink in his armor to, to have hope. I mean, I was going to do what I was going to do. And, you know, if, if that ended up catching up to him, then I might have had a chance. But, it, you know, if not, that's the way it is. But, but yeah, that, that, that like, if he had had that same issue and we're running a race and I'm ahead of him or he's ahead of me, I would have no idea. No, you wouldn't have been able to see it. I would have had no idea. And I don't think it really matters if I know he's got that or not because I'm always just assuming that, I've got to do what I've what I've got to do, whether he's good or bad. But but it was interesting because you did have that information. You could see it. We were exposed every time I got off the treadmill. Uh, you could just sit there and look at me. Yeah, and and you could watch me move. And, and, and could, I'll be honest with you, I feed off of that. Every time somebody quit and buds, it made me feel better. I feed off of that. I, that's why, I mean, I love seeing people break down. Yeah, I mean, you get to watch. Yeah, it, it, it feeds me, right? Yeah. Well, when we race together at the Georgia Jewel, you have no idea what I looked like for 99.9% of that. Mm-hmm. You yep. saw me when we passed each other on the loops. Yep. I saw you. I have no idea what you look like that day. We raced together 100 miles. I saw you for three seconds. No idea what that day looked like. Yep. I don't know where you went fast, where you went slow, where you where you showed, you know, a limp or what. I have no freaking mm-hmm. clue. Same with me. Uh, but this, I saw everything. Yep. Can I can I speak on that too? Like you and I kind of talked about. I'll make it quick, Boo. That no, I've never seen something done like this before. And after watching you guys, I can see why nobody would choose a challenge that they don't know how their body's going to react to. And they're going to do it live with cameras on them the entire time. You're putting it all on the line. If you, if you blow up, it's done. Like you are in you, there's no hiding. And you know, the live chat, there was a lot of people judging everything you guys were doing. Oh, he must be feeling this. Like, look at, look at the way he's, and this and that. And I know you two, your personalities, you don't care, but a lot of people, that would bother them. This is you know? why other people don't do this. Right. This is why other big, 
uh, running influencers and stuff. That's why they don't do this. Well, I want you to understand that. All right? Their documentaries are little bits and pieces of the, the highlights yeah. of their challenges. There's and too much at stake if you look bad. Uh, right. Like right. We, we, we were willing to in- expose our entire self right. to everyone. Nobody yeah. does that. Because I, I don't, I, we have nothing to freaking prove. Yep. Right. We've made no claims. We haven't made a claim that we're the toughest people on earth. Okay? So that's why we're able to do what, what we do. And that's what make, made this event unique. And I encourage you guys to be the same way. You have nothing to prove. Right? Teddy asked a great question. I want to hit this. This is more for me. Chad, you mentioned starting to run the 6-4 at some point during the night. That was at 11. Was that always part of the plan? Um, and how do you think about about when to change the plan during a mission versus stick with the original plan you developed in preparation? That's a good question. Yeah. No, running 6-4 was never part of my plan. All right? But here's what happens. When you train over the course of time, you build up knowledge of tactics, techniques, and procedures that you know will work. And you put those in your toolbox. And so I have ran 6-4 for 100 miles before. That's running six minutes, walking four minutes. I've done that for 100 straight miles before. I got sub-24 doing it with Jesse Itzler. Uh, I knew that that worked. So I I have that now forever in my toolbox, right? So what happens is the more tactics, techniques, and procedures that you solidify in training, the more you have in your toolbox, right? So you can make a plan. But when things change, you're not just grasping for straws. No, you're reaching into your tool and you're pulling something out that has been solidified and proven in training. Okay? So that's why I pulled out the 6-4. It was, no, it was never a part of the plan. And I tell you guys all the time, dive your or plan your dive, dive your plan. Yeah, you should have a plan. You should have a good plan. You can't make a good plan unless you have experience, unless you have trained. Unless you have a toolbox full of solid, proven tactics, techniques, and procedures, you can't even make a good plan. So you got to do all that stuff on the front end. That's like, that's like 12, 13 years worth of work for me, building all those tools up, right? Then you can make a plan based off the tools that you have. But then if that plan goes awry, which it did for me, I didn't, under, I didn't know how this treadmill was going to impact my body. We've already hit that. And when I realized it was impacting my body in a negative way, I didn't have to grasp for freaking straws. I could reach into my toolbox and I could pull out a solid technique and implement that technique and see if it changed anything. And it did. It changed everything for me. It condensed my life down to a 10-minute clock. And I could tell myself, I can always run for six minutes. I can run for six minutes. Because then I get to walk for four minutes. It was maximizing how far you were going to go. That's exactly right. And it worked. Yeah. Holy crap, it worked. Yeah. I mean, so that's how that works, Teddy. All right, guys. I got. We're going to run a few more questions here. 
If y'all got anything to comment on, y'all go ahead while I look through these questions real quick. Is that uh never mind. Uh, I'm gonna get made fun of. No. Nope, not doing it. We wouldn't do that. <laughs> We've never been known to do that. You got anything, Blake? <laughs> This is uh this is uh, the last question I've got from uh Patreon. <laughs> nope. And then, Blake's not allowed to have anything. Nope. <laughs> and then uh and then Blake can can give his perspective after he's listened nothing. to this whole conversation. <laughs> Man, you guys are freaking like Bunch of daggone wet dish rags tonight. Well, what know, are you talking man, about? Um, when you gave me about five second window there, I just said You've been speaking for Chili this whole time. You've been answering uh, the questions going, We feel this way about this. Austin Boyd asked, do you have a mantra that you use? I know. Yeah, Chili, my mantra was was definitely for those who can't for this race. But I still, again, in my toolbox, I still have my I never get tired. I still have my uh, be hard when it gets hard. I still have all my don't die in the chair. Those, those things are just ingrained in me, okay? They're just ingrained in the nature of who I am. Aaron Dana asked, did you experience a deeper level of determination or grace knowing that you were doing this for others rather than doing this race for yourself? So you can answer that, Chili. Did you experience a deeper level of determination or grace knowing that you were doing this for others rather than doing this race for yourself? Hmm. Oh, man, a deeper level. I mean, yeah, in a way, yeah. I mean, I, definitely, because for me personally, not that, I mean, I, I don't even, I don't guess I'd say it doesn't matter, but, I mean, my, my personal story with running is is it was such a selfish endeavor for for all of my life for for 20 plus years and then try, recently trying to make a conscious shift away from that and then being presented with this opportunity it was I mean it was a really cool alignment and uh so yeah it made it made it super different and I guess you could I could affirmatively say it was deeper I mean I've always been determined uh but but I think this was a determination built on a on a stronger foundation. Uh, at least I could say that. I don't know how to put it into terms, but it was definitely a. You know, it's it's funny. I would never, I I would never have guessed that after such a bad performance, I would be as as thrilled with with what happened. Yeah, you you know what I mean. Like typically, a bad performance that I've had just was a bad performance. This was a bad performance that was a part, a small part, but a part of uh, of a great thing that happened. So, yeah, I mean, I can at least say that. Which actually, I think your bad performance, Chili, which it was absolutely terrible performance, um, was actually a great spectacle for, <laughs> for people that were, that were watching, though, because... Uh, if we would have just, cr if we would have both just crushed through that thing the whole time, like, yeah, maybe it would have motivated some people, but I'm going to tell you what, what people actually need to see is people who are suffering greatly that still pony up and do whatever they can with what they have left. Like that's what people need to see, right? Um, so well, I was actually glad you fell apart and you looked like a freaking <laughs> the tin man well, walking I think, on the treadmill. I think people need to need need to 
people are too ignorant of what you did because like you don't need to see somebody look or like not do well to, to have that feeling like you, you should look at Chad and say and and think the, the the same things like yeah he ran 87 miles oh so that means he 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 did he had it easier or whatever that's what I tried to say at the end like it, it just I don't know I don't think people will ever get it but that joker was hiding in the bathroom so he could take breaks. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think people will ever get it, but I I'll still try. Like, I'm, I ain't nothing tough about me. I I, I mean, I, I've never said that, or I, if I have, I, I apologize. I I'm not I I'm not like ain't nothing special about me. Ain't nothing gr- 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 gritty. God, I freaking hate that word. I mean, what well, ain't nothing gritty about that. Like, we talked about what real grit is on the show. If there is anything, is grit, and it's the people that we were doing this for. And, 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 but, but, but as far as like, you know, watching somebody fight through a lot to still get miles, Chad did a, a much better job than I did of that. So it's, it's really just irritating for me, probably not even for him, but it's irritating for me because I know I have more of a concept, I think, of what, of of his performance uh and so to just brush that off is just i don't know it just it irritates the crap out of me but that's the as sometimes that's the way it is when you're on top man you just kind of get brushed aside so yeah you, well i am the undisputed champion at this point <laughs> i am definitely yeah. the undisputed champion at this point so and still getting disrespected yeah um and aaron i'll answer your question was there a deeper level of determination no, for me, there was not a deeper level of determination. Uh, my determination was steady. In my mind, there, there, were, there were two aspects going on at all times. There was the race aspect that was in my mind, and then there was the charity aspect. Um, those two things had a line drawn between them in my mind for a long time. All right? Now... Once I got to the point that I had about a 10-mile lead on Chili, a solid 10-mile lead, and I looked over at his screen and saw he could only walk 2.1 miles per hour, and I had a 10-mile lead, I was able to lean more into the and be, and, and be more aware of the charity aspect of the event. So in that, in that way... The determination didn't have to be as strong. It just didn't have to be because I was racing chili. I wasn't trying to get. I, I wasn't trying to get to a certain amount of miles. I was racing chili, like and and I, once I got to the point that I was ninety five percent sure he could not catch me and win. And regardless, all I had to do was keep moving. Then. Uh, I was able to lean more into the more the spirit of the the spirit of the event, and not the determination to win. Well, right? I don't know. I I tried to. I think that was the same for me, like the race and the the event, because my, the what I thought would be the best for both was the same thing. I thought me maximizing how far I could go was going to be the best thing for the race and for the 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 charity fundraising aspect of it. Like I thought. 
I mean, if I'm just maximizing how far I can go, the further I get, the further you get, the 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 more people will, you know, I don't know. That that's you didn't think that. I mean, you didn't think if we had got to a hundred miles, that would be, you know, more special and more people would have given and 120 no, I, I, mean, to beat you. I mean people had people had committed if we had got to 100 miles to to donate so much per mile so i was like man we got to go as far as we can so we hit all the you know i just I wanted don't know. to beat you oh well well sorry i could i let me <laughs> let, let me formally apologize for uh uh not making it harder <laughs> i wish it would have been harder yeah well well guys that's all the questions that i got that's our uh, that's our yeah, Blake, you got anything to add on this conversation? Tech guy? <laughs> Tag gone, man. Look, y'all oh, going nothing? I mean, I can, but this thing's been rolling for an hour and a half. Right. Woo, he's over it. Well, we uh, guys, we talked about total money raised by all of us collectively. That's including you guys, $249,999.99, which means I get to keep my beard. Screw you guys. Thank you, Jesse Itzler. Um, mm. Total miles, 87 for me, 64.97 for Chili. Recovery, eat ribeye, and relax. Talked about our highs and lows, best hours. Talked about for those who can't. Don't take the things that you can do with your body for granted. And then we hit these awesome questions for, from Patreon. So, guys, we can't thank you enough for what you contributed we can't thank you enough, uh, even if you weren't able to donate, just for tuning in and being a part of the environment, uh, a part of the community. It has really filled my heart with joy, and it has shown me the reason why we do what we do, um, especially on this YouTube platform. Uh, I did, did, did not, you guys blew any expectations or preconceived notions that I could have had in my mind completely out of the water. Uh <laughs> I want to encourage all of you that the world and your fellow man um, are are better than what the media is telling you. You can have confidence in that. And uh, I want to make a promise to you guys that uh, as long as you guys keep supporting and keep showing up and Jesus Christ keeps blessing 307 Project, we will not quit. We will keep showing up and doing what we can to make the world and everything that, that we can possibly impact better. Uh, we will not quit. We will keep showing up. We will continue to give you our full selves. And uh, if you guys want to contribute more, support us on Patreon. That'd be awesome. Come train with us. Uh, you can apply for the basic course or the proving grounds. All right? That's all on 307project.com. Um, that would be awesome. It's nothing better than being able to spend time with you guys face-to-face out in the back country. So, we love y'all. Enough said.